I think with this generation, they ask more questions. And it's important just to validate this question. You're listening to Juggling Joy, a podcast for parents who know the juggle is real. I'm your host, Karen Jane DeWitt, and in this episode, I got to sit down with Kelly Kent, a mom of four teenagers. I love this interview because as a mom of a kindergartner and a toddler, I got to hear the wisdom of someone who's ahead of me on their parenting journey. She talks about what led to a sharp turn in her relationship with her eldest daughter, the impact of fear on their relationship, and what she would do differently if she had to do it all over again. Stick around to the end for a bonus two-minute interview with my five-and-a-half-year-old son who tells me what it'll be like to be a teenager. And just a warning before we get started, this episode has mentions of eating disorders, self-harm, and suicide. If you or someone you know is struggling with a mental health crisis, call the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline by dialing 988. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Kelly Kent, a mom of four teenagers in a blended family. She is originally from Pennsylvania, but got to Austin as quickly as she could in 2004. When she's not selling medical devices, she can be found traveling all over Texas, riding her bike and thrifting. Thank you for being here, Kelly. Of course. I'm excited to be here. I wanted to talk to you specifically because selfishly you're ahead of me in this whole parenting game my kids Uh, are (laughs) my kids are three and five so the challenges that I face I imagine are quite different from what you faced but no less difficult (laughs) (laughs) yes I'm still teaching my kids like how to wipe their butts and say excuse me when they burp and stuff but you've got a whole other set of skills that I haven't developed yet so I've got a lot of questions for you as I'm sure many of our listeners do too what is the vibe in a house with four teenagers? Wow. Well, as you introduced me so eloquently, um, I have two girls of my own and my husband has two kids. So we have 19, almost 18, 15 and 14, almost to be 15. So yeah, four teenagers, three girls and one boy. We're super blessed. They all get along great. And uh, it's very chaotic. At our dinner table, you would think that we're in a frat house at a fraternity because there's lots of, uh, you know, burping, other stuff going on. <laughs> uh, but Are they saying we, excuse me after they burp? Um, no, definitely no excuse me <laughs> after they burp. Uh, but we're really fortunate that, um, you know, the house we live in accommodates everybody. Everybody has their own space and they're not, you know, on top of each other. And we all really get along well. I mean, uh, I don't know if they would pick each out, pick each other out as, as friends if they didn't know each other. But the fact that we do all live together and we all get along and respect each other and, and have a blast doing it, I feel super lucky. And you make a good point there. I actually read something um, from the holistic psychologist today about releasing the expectation that your sib- that your kids are um, going to be friends just wow. because they're siblings. Yeah, very a lot true. of us. I mean, I don't think any of them would pick each other out. They're all so different, all four of them. But we are really lucky that nobody fights. I mean, nobody fights. Everybody gets along really well. The vibe is chaotic. I hear. Chaotic at times, definitely chaotic. COVID was a test of challenge and patience. (laughs) But like I said, we all have our own space, so it it actually works out pretty well. What 
is an activity that fills up your cup that is only for you and no one else? Bike riding. What does that look like for you? Um, it, you know, I used to do it a lot more before I got remarried. Um, between the time um, that I got divorced from my first husband and I was sort of just a single mom and we shared custody. So there were definitely a few days in a row where he would have the kids and then where I would have the kids. And the days that I didn't, that's really when I kind of learned um, bike riding as an adult. I mean, I wish I would have done it sooner. I didn't start until I was 41, about 11 years ago. And it's just incredible. I mean, you feel like a kid, the wind's through your hair. You can go for miles and miles and it doesn't even feel like you're exercising. And you look down and you've just gone 25, 30 miles. So you meet all kinds of different people and just the different places I've been when I've done special bike rides are so fun and actually inspiring me. I need to do it more, but um, since I've gotten remarried and, you know, just with four kids and a full-time job, I I travel, I I don't do it as much as I would like to, but that's really what fills my cup. The coach is coming out in me. Is there something that you'd like to commit to? (laughs) Uh, Just maybe one very tiny, tiny, small commitment. There's this thing out at the racetrack where you can ride around the racetrack, the Coda racetrack that we have down in South Austin mm-hmm. and that's really fun that's coming up too so that'll that'll kind of get my my butt out there too that's super fun tell me a little bit about your relationship with your 19 um, year old daughter in particular how long is the podcast <laughs> how much time do you have <laughs> um my 19 year old is amazing. She is charming and uh, just a lovely person. She cares about people. She's extremely empathetic. She's seriously just a delightful person. She was always that kind of kid that was very compliant, super, super easy. She was never in trouble. She never was in timeout. Like I never had to yell at her about her grades or she just was just a really easy kid. And I was, I was like, when older parents would tell me, oh, you wait till she gets to be a teenager. You know, you're gonna have your hands full, and I'm like, oh, I was sort of cocky. I was like, oh, not not my girl. She's she's fine. I'm we're good, thanks. You know, and then honestly, it was when she turned 16. I think honestly, turning 16 in itself is just a whole nother ball game with hormones and you know school and pressures and everything, especially today with social media. But COVID, COVID definitely added a whole nother layer to that with with um, all the stuff that happened in 2020 with you know the president at the time and and all the riots and just all the unrest and a a global pandemic and them not being in school and honestly these poor kids like they didn't know if we were going to survive as a human race as adults we knew we'd survive because obviously things like this kind of come around and they 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 go but um it was really really hard on her and because she is so empathetic she took it on personally it's when her personality changed she got depression um, she actually really started kind of spiraling and, and we had lots of doctors and therapists and she went into um, a center, we pulled her out of school for a little while. She was out of school for a couple months. It was very, very challenging. And through that whole time, our relationship changed. She wasn't as compliant. She wasn't as easygoing. She pulled away from me. And as a mom of a kid who's normally like that, to go to the mom of a kid who doesn't want anything to do with you, it was really, really difficult. Probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to endure. And I've endured a lot. Um, but luckily, it's been three years. She's 19. Um, she's come around, I mean, amazingly. And I think she still has a long journey to go. Um, but she's um, is so happy and, and 
lovely and you know all the things she's back that that part of her personality is back and i'm grateful because i kind of lost her there for a little while when you found yourself losing her and she was going through so much um that was a hard time for a lot of people and i can't even imagine trying to grow up and not going to school and all the things that teachers were going through at that time um, just kind of figuring out who you are as a person and then the whole world shuts down and seems like it's gone haywire at the same time. So at that time, you were also going through the pandemic. <laughs> what was that like for you having that pressure from all sides? You know, honestly, I don't know. The pandemic didn't, I don't want to say it didn't bother me. I sort of didn't think that the sky was falling. It was just like you said, all the pressures around us. And it was really just the, the teens in the house. My, my, her and my stepdaughter took it really, really hard and were really stressed about not seeing their people and their tribe. And it was hard on them. It was really, really hard on them. I was thrilled when they were finally able to go back to school in person because I think it made a huge difference. But luckily for me, I'm not a sky is falling type of person. And I've endured a lot um, like we all have, but um, in my life up until now. So it kind of just was one more thing. Um, the tough thing was watching her not want to exist anymore. And she had a lot of suicidal ideation. And um, that was scary. It was really, really scary. And I think we got through it, but um, it's terrifying as a parent because you just don't want to see your kids suffer. You know, you don't want them to have any pain. So it was very painful. How did you get through it? Um, honestly, my husband, my second husband, who's my current husband, we got married in 2020, is an absolute rock to me. Um, <laughs> he's super supportive and he has great advice and he's a really, really good listener. And he listened a lot <laughs> those, those two, three years. And honestly, it's his daughter too. You know, we don't say that we have two kids and two kids. We say that we have four. So it's his daughter too. And I bounce ideas off of him and, you know, we try different things. We've tried different therapists and changed psychiatrists and medicines and all sorts of things. And I also have um, two very close friends from college that I'm still close to and a best friend in Atlanta. So I feel super blessed that I have these friendships that I've had for 35 years that are still strong. I leaned on them a lot. I mean, I'm sure I, I obsessed about my daughter, um, but I leaned on them a lot. I think it's so important to have a tribe and just to have others, just what you're doing here with this podcast, just so others know that they're not alone. It always feels good to hear from other people who have walked the same thing that you're currently going through. So um, just reaching out to people and, and leaning on people was really, really helpful. Yeah. And so great that during the pandemic, when you couldn't really access a lot of people, you had your husband right there with you, who's such a great He's support. Amazing. He was amazing. He was super supportive and, and he kind of rode it with me. You know, he rode the wave with me. Her dad also um, is, a, is a really good parent. We co-parent well. So um, he was supportive too. So we just all kind of banded together. What's the most mm-hmm. intense fight you've ever had with one of your children? Um, so that would be this one. Once again, she's getting all these tension. Um, when she turned 16, she... Um, was a new driver. She'd only had her license for, I want to say like two months. And she said she was going to go up to see her friend in Georgetown. 
when she did, I looked on, you know, you can track your kids. I looked and saw that she was actually driving an hour north of there up towards towards Temple and Gerald, which she didn't get permission for. And she had two other girls in the car with her. When you're 16, you're only allowed to have one person. And I could see on the app that she was speeding. And so I called the friend's mom and got a hold of Bella because she wasn't allowed to use her phone in the car. And I said, you tell her to drop off her friends, turn around and come home right now. So she did. It took her about an hour to get home. And when she did, I, of course, unleashed on her. Just, you know, I was terrified. She was speeding. She was on 35 at 10 o'clock at night, new driver, driving fast, giggling with girls in the car. There were just so many, so many things that she did that she wasn't supposed to do. And in the process of yelling at her, I also started screaming at her because she had been posting pictures of herself at like fall festivals with fishnet stockings and really short plaid skirt. And we had had a conversation about it like a week or two before that. She asked me if she could wear them. And I said, I'd really prefer that you don't wear them. I'm not comfortable with that. You're only 16. You need to be older. It's not appropriate for a girl your age, blah, blah, blah. Gave her the lecture and she was like, okay, mom. And then of course, probably like we all did when we were teen girls, she turned around and did it anyway. And I only knew because I saw pictures. So I let into her just screaming, yelling, you can't do that. Uh, that's not something a girl your age can wear. And, you know, she's like, what's wrong with you? Why not? I'm like, just be cut. And you can't really explain to a kid that's that young all the repercussions of that. And I totally support people expressing themselves and dressing however they want to dress. But when it's your kid and they're 16 and they're putting themselves in danger, potentially, mama bear comes out, right? So it was a little bit of, I told, I told you not to, don't ask. It was a little bit of that and a little bit of um, unintentionally shaming her. I had no idea, because I'm old, um, that at the time it was just a super fashionable trend. I mean you know, all over Instagram and TikTok. Apparently there are girls going to work with suits with that. And it was just a fashionable trend. And it wasn't, didn't have the same connotations that it did when I grew up, which was in the eighties. Um, <clears throat> as a result, if I had taken a breath and had a conversation with her, instead of being so angry, uh, it wouldn't have turned out as awful as it did because she really turned away from me from that. And that was kind of the beginning. Our relationship is much better now, but for that time period, it was the beginning of the end. It really marked a sharp turn in our relationship. So I think she just didn't trust me. First of all, I should have never brought in the topic about the fishnets into a conversation where I was worried about her safety from driving. And from all the family therapy that we've had in the last couple of years of, you know, just kind of learning about relationships with your kids, um, I never validated her. I never, um, took a breath and in a very calm time, even if I wish should have said, we're not talking about this now, we'll talk about it in the morning and just said, tell me why that's important to you. Tell me why you think, you know, I want to hear your side. Do you, do you feel pretty in them? Do you think they're fun? Are they sassy? Like just instead of me assuming that I know, I mean, granted I have experience, but she's also a different generation. And I think so many parents, myself included, I'm raising my hand, card carrying member of not getting it, the, you know, when you're older than your kids, you just think you know everything because you have the experience. But sometimes I feel like we need to take a breath and let them tell us why they're excited about us. Let, let them tell us why they, you know, they may have a totally different idea that we're not even thinking of. So I just kind of learned from that. I never validated her and I kind of shamed her in the process. 
what role do you think fear played in how you handled the the fight with your daughter? Oh my God, huge role. Like I'd say 95%. All the fears of, of how I was raised came out. Like you're not, first of all, you're not supposed to wear that. And I don't even know if my mom and dad ever said, now Kelly, you can't wear A, B, and C because I don't think they ever said those words to me, but it was just like the un, unwritten rule. You just didn't dress like that. Certainly not when you were 16. You know what I mean? And like just the fear of what other people are going to think of her. Oh my God. What if, what if men, you know, creepy, gross, weird men or women <laughs> stare at her? Like, what if they make a pass at her? What if they follow her? Like just just terrified because honestly anybody who has ever had a kid it's your heart on two sticks <laughs> and you basically say bye heart and you wave bye-bye whenever they go somewhere because it's it's so it's it's like a this crazy love that you have for them and to see them being hurt is just the worst thing in the world so it was almost all fear how did you come around to stepping back a little bit and letting her become her own person? Well, it took a while. So that was when she was 16. It was like August of 20. And then that December, uh, we got her psychiatrist. She started really struggling. And then in January, no, I think it was that December, she went into an eating recovery center for a couple months and she was diagnosed with an eating disorder. And, um, and we had to attend family sessions. It was, it was like two times a week, two or three times a week. It was intense. And through the family sessions, they were so awesome because it was always with other parents. So their kids, their boys and girls were going through the same thing. They were at the center too. And they were, they were struggling with their kids acting out and depression and eating disorder and all the same things. So through those therapy sessions, we learned a lot of tools. And that's honestly where I learned what I was doing wasn't the best thing. And honestly, if somebody doesn't tell you, you don't know, right? But um, the validate thing, I just never, it never occurred to me because I don't think my parents did that to me. They didn't give a crap. If, if I asked the question, why can't I do this? They're like, because I said so. That was their answer. <laughs> so I just kind of learned to keep my mouth shut. And I think with this generation, they ask more questions. And it's important just to validate those questions. Like, like I'm, I'm interested to hear why you're asking that. What, where does that come from? What do you think about that? You know, just to open the conversation. And it has, our relationship, I mean, I just can't even tell you, it is so much better. It's probably not where I want it to be yet, um, but it's so much better. What gives you hope that your relationship will continue to improve? Honestly, our relate my relationship with her has always been really, really good. We've always been really, really close. I've always been super honest with her um, through this whole process. I, I can honestly say, even when she did not want my love and affection, and there was about a year time frame, I wasn't allowed to say I love you. I couldn't put my hand on her shoulder. I couldn't kiss her goodnight. I couldn't tuck her in. Um, she just wanted nothing to do with me. And that was just her own stuff she was going through. Um, but our foundation, she's in there, you know what I mean? She's, she's in there. She just has to figure all of this out. And I think uh, from a lot of other parents who have also struggled with kids who have, um, depression and suicide tendencies and all that stuff is they say, just be consistent, you know, like don't helicopter them and just be consistent. Just keep showing up, keep showing up, which is what I'm trying to do. Wow takes a lot of energy, I'm sure. 
a lot too much energy frankly i mean not too not that she's not worth energy that sounded terrible but as a result i definitely took my eye off the ball on my other three kids and my other daughter is learning disabled and um she was severely premature so she has some trouble um just with you know kind of everyday tasks and i took my eye off the ball with her and um i i regret that I, you know some things are kind of coming up with her that i wasn't paying attention to her speech and stuff. So it's just, you know, when you're a parent, you just, you, you really kind of have a blindfold on as they get older because you just don't know what you have to do until you're going through it. So I think something like your platform is so great for people to, to, to gain experience and hope. Yeah. And I, I know that people are going to get inspiration from your story. I said a lot of the people in the uh, juggling joy group have younger children. So they're all dying to know what's ahead of them. I think every stage is so amazing. Like when I think back when they were little, they're so awesome when they're little and they just want to be by your side all the time. And just please soak that up because there is no better feeling than when your kid just wants to be with you. And I know when you're a young mom, it's exhausting. You're like, oh my God, will this kid give me five minutes? All I need is five minutes. But there comes a day when they, they don't, it's not cool to hang out with you anymore. And they want their friends and they, you know, so it's kind of bittersweet, but it's also so exciting to see them grow into little humans and have their own passions and their own ideas about things and just be their own individual people. It's really cool. And having four teenagers that we can sit around the table and actually have semi-adult conversations about politics and the world, because these kids pay attention. They see stuff. I mean, it may be on Instagram and TikTok, but I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking at the news when I was 16, 14 you know what I mean? I was out riding my bike or playing with my friends. I, unless I read it in Tiger Beat, which is a very old reference that which came out like, I don't know, once every two weeks or something, I had no clue what was going on in the world. And so it's kind of impressive. They're, they're interested and they're, they want to be involved more and they're fed up. They're really fed up with the way things are. So I think we're going to see a lot of change from this generation, which is actually really exciting. I agree. I only was exposed to the news when my parents were eating dinner and watching TV yeah. and didn't want yes. anything. I was at the age where I didn't want anything to do with my parents. So I just went and ate dinner in my room and shut the door and didn't come out all night and also read Tiger Beat. You did? Heck, I didn't think yeah. you were old enough for Tiger Beat. Oh my God. Love Tiger I Beat. Sean, was, Sean Cassidy. Uh, for my generation, it was Hanson. I was all into Hanson. I had over 300 posters in my room. My mom. Wow. Oh my God. That's unheard of. Your room must have been like a mansion. <laughs> That's a lot of wall space. <laughs> they were small posters. But still, that's impressive. If you were to go back in time and you had all the resources and tools that you needed to face the situation that you perhaps didn't have back then with your daughter, what would you want? I think just to just to listen to them and um, to let them fail. You know, um, I'm really guilty, as I'm sure a lot of moms and dads are, of just not letting our kids fail. Like I was the mom who when, you know, she would call and say, oh, my God, I left my homework on the kitchen counter. I'd be running to the high school to take her. High school. Oh, my God, I left my lunch in the in the fridge. I'd run to the school to give her her lunch. like she needs to like be hungry and understand oh crap I left my lunch maybe I won't do that again do you know what I mean I mean like I kind of and I think a lot of parents do this we don't know any better we just don't want them to have any pain I don't want them to be uncomfortable 
Like, I don't want them to have any pain. We went, we drove to Colorado and 13 hours and I packed the car with snacks and raincoats and all kinds of stuff. My husband's like, you can't do that. I'm like, why can't I? I want them to be happy. He's like, yeah, but if they're hungry, they'll live. And he's got the right. I don't think you can do that when they're little, like your kid's age, because they physically need stuff like that. You can't have them not have snacks and stuff. But, you know, she had a really tough year in high school and she almost didn't graduate. And I pushed her across the finish line. And in hindsight, I think I should have stayed on my side of the street. And I should have minded my own business. And if she wasn't going to graduate, then maybe it was in the stars for her to not graduate. And then she would have had to figure it out. Mm. So I'm kind of learning with an older kid. I'm kind of learning, oh, crap. I kind of created this environment where when she does go out on her own, she may really fall. And then it really hurts. But if they fall from not taking their homework to school or, you know, getting a zero on a project because they waited the last minute, that's that's you can deal with that and then you can build on that and learn from that but if you wait until they're after school it's almost too late so I think that's my biggest advice is let them fall it's really good for them give them the dignity to fall and learn how to pick themselves up which nobody told me that (laughs) as a mom you're supposed to fix everything and put band-aids and kiss it and everything's supposed to be great for them nobody god dang it nobody told us that As a parent, I bet you know what it feels like to lose yourself in parenthood. You love your kids and you do anything for them, but you're tired and you have that nagging feeling that there are parts of you that have been neglected. Maybe it's your creativity, your career, your health, your friendships, your marriage, or all of the above. There is a way to embrace parent life without putting yourself last. In six months, when you look back on your life, what would you like to see? How would you like to feel? Imagine what it would be like to take confident, easeful action, knowing that you're on the right path because you're honoring your whole self. If this resonates with you, it's time to book a free coaching session with me. I offer personalized one-on-one coaching at your pace, weekly or bi-weekly, to help you envision the life you dream of and to support you as you achieve your goals in ways that actually feel good. Go to karenjanedewitt.co to book your free visioning session with me today. Now, if you're used to putting yourself last, it may feel scary to take the leap, but there's nothing to lose and there's no cost to check it out. Just go to KarenJaneDeWitt.co to book your free session. What is next for you? Is there something that you're looking forward to, um, either in relationship to your daughter or just in your own life? Wow. Um... I was going to make a joke and say, well, we're having a baby, but no, that's a really bad joke. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I could not go backwards at this point. Oh my God, I wouldn't know what to do. No, honestly, I just, I'm really excited to see where they go. And uh, while it will kind of break my heart a little bit, if they all go far, uh, I support if they want to go far. You know what I mean? Like follow the, follow your dreams. I mean, nobody can make your life except for you. They're make it really fun it'll be super quiet when they leave we're we're not really ready for that but it's fun I wouldn't have it any other way you know I have actually a really cool story um I my first pregnancy I lost at 26 weeks and we named him Jack and his birthday was March 22nd and fast forward what 15 years 16 years later I meet Scott he brings his two kids into my life and my son now his birthday is March 22nd 
Oh, wow. Isn't that cool? So I got my son. Like I lost the son, but then I got my son back. So things work out. Things work out the way they're supposed to. We are going to still do our lightning round. I've been promising okay. this lightning round. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. <laughs> Never been to a lightning round. Let's do it. Okay. What is an everyday thing that brings you joy? Thrift shopping. Thrift shopping. Yes. Can't get enough. What's your uh, guilty pleasure when it comes to thrift shopping? Shoes, scarves? Just finding a deal. It's just, just finding something that nobody else has you think is really good. It could be anything. What a thrill. It's such a thrill. <laughs> what is the best meal you ever ate? Anything cooked by my husband. He used to be a chef. And so he cooked me risotto, mushroom risotto, pecan crusted trout, and scallops, appetizer, and like beet salad. I don't know. All of it. Just he's an amazing cook. Anything seafood. I love it. What book are you reading, if anything? Oh my gosh. Um, so it's funny you ask that because I travel for my job. I have almost the whole state of Texas for my job. So I'm always on the road and was belonged to Audible and was paying for Audible. And then my stepdaughter was like, Kelly, we have a library card. Why don't you see if the library has audiobooks? And I was like, oh my God, like, like um, on Seinfeld when Kramer pushes everybody, <laughs> I wanted to like push her and be like, or not Kramer, I think it was Elaine. I wanted to just push her because I'm like, that's brilliant. Like you're a genius. So I've been listening to so many books because thank you, library. It's totally free. Well, I mean, you know, like 30 bucks. But currently I'm listening to one um, by Brene Brown. I think it's called Courage to Lead or Dare to Lead. And it's just amazing because she's a researcher on vulnerability and the human emotion. And um, I just, I dig all that stuff. So she's, it's great. I love it. I love Brene Brown. Have yes, you ever listened amazing. to her Dare to Lead podcast? No, but I just heard in her, the story I'm reading that she has a podcast. I didn't even know. Girl, give it a listen. She's amazing. It's going to make you cry. Do you have a best friend? <gasps> oh, I do. I do. So. I actually, if I'm allowed to say this, three, um, super blessed. I have my best friend from when I was 12. Her name is Meg and she lives in Atlanta and she's amazing and hilarious and so witty and fun. And she's just awesome. And then my other two best friends are from college. We were roommates at Penn State back in 93 and one lives in Boulder. Her name's Sandy and I just adore her. And the other one is Michelle. She's an interior designer in San Diego and um, she actually just designed our kitchen for us. And we get together, even though we're in three separate places, um, we get to, we try to get together at least once a year. It's probably one of the most important things in my life is my friendship with those girls. Wow, that's a whole coast to coast right there. Yeah. What kind of things do you do when you get together? Uh, eat ice cream and sit on the couch and talk. <laughs> I mean, really, we don't do anything. We just kind of be, you know, just, just be. It's funny because um, Michelle of- used, it is, Michelle used to have a job that when I lived in Houston, it used to bring her to Houston all the time. And she would come for like eight years in a row. She would always come to Houston. I never showed her Houston, never, ever, because we just would sit on the couch and talk. <laughs> I love it. Houston is your couch. That is our couch. <laughs> do they have kids? 
Um, no, Meg does. Meg in Atlanta has two older boys. I think they're 26 and 22. And Michelle and Sandy don't have kids. Cool. So I'm sure you have a lot to talk about. And they feel like they were riding the roller coaster with me with the whole Bella thing. They feel like they're, it's her daughter. They're, it's their daughter too. So it was, it's nice to lean on them. Is there anything else that you felt like you didn't get to say or that you'd like to, to share with our audience? Wow. No, just keep on doing the, the good fight. Um, you're doing a better job than you think, parents, because they will remember it. And you're, you're raising these little people that are going to go out into the world. So you're doing a good job, even if you think you're not. Thank you. I needed to hear that as well. So true. It's so true. I mean, you just feel like you're in the lead sometimes and you don't know what the hell you're doing, but honestly, you will look back and you just, it'll be worth it. It's just all worth it. That's good to know. Easier said, easier said than done. I know. <laughs> and it's good timing because I can hear my daughter waking up. It's 9 PM oh. and I hear her getting up and making a, a ruckus. God love you. Oh, it's such a hard time. <laughs> But just remember, like, when it passes, like, you're on to the next stage, and the next stage is even different and more cool. So it just keeps getting cooler. And now, as promised, two minutes of wisdom from my son. Do you think we're good friends? Yes. How old are you? Five and a half. When you're a teenager, do you think we'll still be good friends? Yes. What do you think it'll be like to be a teenager? Um, when I, I read. What's that? I could read whenever I'm a teenager. Mm. What fun stuff will you do when you're a teenager? Um, have recess. Have recess? Yeah. Do you want to drive a car? Yes. Where are you going to go in your car? Um, to the grocery store so I can buy some food for me to eat. What are you going to buy? Um, some candy for my kids. For your kids? Yeah, for the dessert. Like your kids or your friends? My kids. You're going to have kids when you're a teenager? No, when I'm a grown-up. Oh, what about when you're a teenager? Um, I'm going to, um, drive the car around. What was that? Drive the car around to a Ferris wheel where I can play and stuff for my boat day. That's when I'm going to have my boat day. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Was that on there? That's a timer. For what? It's just counting. Um, is it a video timer? Will you take me places in your car when you're a teenager? Yes. Where will you take me? Um, where you want to go? Where oh. you tell me where you want to go? Anywhere I want to go? Yeah. Okay, deal. Let's do it. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Juggling Joy. 
Please subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. If you're on Instagram, you can follow the show at Juggling Joy Podcast, and you can follow me at Karen Jane DeWitt. One other thing before you go, this is really cool. If you have feedback on today's episode or would like to suggest a topic or ask a question for me to answer on a future episode, you can leave me a voicemail. Just go to the show's page at anchor.fm slash jugglingjoy and click on the message button. I hope to hear from you soon.